Perfect. Well, good morning and welcome to this first webinar uh, series that we want to do together with the Sugar CRM. And this morning I have with me the uh, head of CRM for the Nordic region, Thorder Gunthersen. It's a bit of a difficult name to pronounce, but I think I got it right. Right, Thorder? Definitely did. Good job. Thank you and welcome to our mutual uh, push to kind of get our message out there as a cooperation. Uh, do you want to kind of take the introduction and present yourself to the people on the line? Absolutely. So Leif, first of all, thanks a lot for inviting me. It's great to be on. Uh, I'm indeed a holder of a, a bit of a complicated name because I'm from Iceland, as you can tell also from my accent. Um, indeed, I've, I'm leading the, the regional sales for Suka CRM in the Nordics and, and Eastern Europe. And uh, very, very happy to be on today and, and be the, the first vendor to kick off your series. Well, you've been on a hiatus for kind of a long time. You used to be, we have known each other since 2012, where we started our Sugar CRM kind of uh, cooperation back then. And then you were off taking your helicopter license and yeah. coming back. Yes. So this is a new push for you, but you're not new at Sugar in that sense. You've been there for a long time. Absolutely. So that that's true. I, I was with Shuka from 2012 and until 2018, which was a period of fantastic growth for the company. Then I, I, I changed gears a little bit for a year and a half. And yes, I did a, a commercial helicopter pilot license, which has been a dream of mine for a, for a long time. And now I'm back, back to Shuka CRM because I think it's Actually, while I was away, it became extremely exciting. So it's good to be back. So how are these uh, trying times uh, these days that we're in, except for just having also another second baby, which is trying enough. Uh, yeah. How are you doing otherwise? Well, I'm doing good. And I think, you know, I'm very happy to have the opportunity to talk about my experience uh, during these times. And that's also one of the purposes of the webinar for, for you and me to share kind of our perspective and I think there's a lot of demand uh, for different type of, of content, different type of webinars uh, uh, around shared experiences. And for me personally, it's been it's been trying times. I'm not used to working from home. So from one day to the next, kind of restricting your, your living space down to your apartment and have literally your entire life play itself out within that confined space. For me, it's been a big challenge, but I'm happy to report that as of yesterday, we are allowed to go back to the office. So I'm actually doing the webinar from the office and not from my home. No, I was kind of concerned if you had the roll up at home with Sugar CRM in the background, that kind of made me concerned about how, how devoted you are in that sense. So it's good to hear that you have a bit of distance to that. Yeah, so do you want to tell the audience why are we doing this? Because you and I have been having a lot of conversations about how we could ramp up and how we can help our customers and prospects in this kind of trying time. So I think it's kind of good to get Sugar's perspective of why are we doing this as a partnership? Yeah, I, I mean, I think the main thing is just there will be winners and there will be losers and there will be a lot of lessons learned. And, mm. you know, the word that is coming up all the time is unprecedented. And we are in, in many ways going through unprecedented times. And it's the, the full impact of this current crisis is going to be unfolding over the next couple of months and maybe next couple of years. So we are kind of right in the, the middle of it, maybe at the beginning of it, not in terms of the health crisis, but definitely in terms of the, of the business, possible business crisis. So uh, like this, this webinar from, from my perspective and why it's valuable 
is to kind of gauge what is the base layer that companies have in, in common that have been able to somewhat survive and, and thrive. So I think that would be my perspective. Uh, do, do you say that, Leif? Is, is that also how, how you see it? Well, I think that you know, for a long time, people are kind of looking at CRM as maybe a luxury in order to kind of get an overview in, in good times. So it's like, it's good to have an overview of a pipeline. You, we might need to start working on marketing automation, uh, that kind of thing. But I think the unprecedented, I think that's a very good word, of this current situation makes you realize that you need to have a better insight uh, on a detailed level on what's in your pipeline. Who's, who, who are your customers? How are you working with them? Uh, how tightly integrated are you in the relationship? Or is it just barely that you know of them? So I think that once we start counting what's in the inventory of our, let's say, customer insights, we understand that there's a huge, huge gap. And that's the thing that we might be able to help fix and get control of, because there will be another crisis. There will be either a wave two of COVID-19 or we would have another form of a crisis. And, you know, it's like an insurance. You never know if it works or not until there's a fire in that sense. Uh, so this is the kind of the drill that makes made us understand that we need to have a better understanding of our customer journey, who's our customers and segmentations, but also understanding what are we doing to these uh, to this audience today. And I think a lot of companies have taken that for granted uh, in in this. So that's I think that's why we're doing this. And 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 also how can we reach out, uh, Thor? How how can we help each other? I mean, we you and I spoke about there's a lot of things that Sugar is doing and wants to do even more. Uh, also, Sirocco wants to kind of help customers get it some form of analysis, which we will get to in the end of this uh, session, uh, to get an understanding of kind of a health check. But what are you doing and what could you do from from um, from the sugar perspective? Well, at Sugar, we've been doing a, a lot. And uh, one of the things that we are doing, it's kind of you can capture it in a in a in a sentence. And I think what we are doing is what other companies are might also be trying to do because uh, we've all been focusing on building loyalty within our customer base uh, and, and making sure that we are creating good customer experience and now we kind of find ourselves in a situation where certain industries they've just been they've just been hampered like they've been they've been really under under stress the aviation industry the restoration industry the services so it's kind of like it's going away from just us building customer loyalty to us being loyal to our customers. And, and that's a really, really interesting time. And the, the main thing is how we get that message across in an effective way in real time. And, and that's, that's where uh, connecting becomes very important and communication becomes very, very important. And I think once everything is said and done, there will be a there will be a, a big difference between companies that had the technology in place to be able to effectively connect to the customers from from the get-go uh, we're able to to segment and understand you know who are the customers how how is the industry affected and how how should we connect to those to make sure that they know that we are there for them so we as a brand we are sort of and that's what we did uh, so we are able to kind of remove one stressor from the equation, which is, you know, what happens if I don't pay my invoice? Uh, will my service be shut down? So we reached out to customers from the very beginning that we saw that were vulnerable. Uh, 
and we just assured them that we wanted to work through this crisis together. And I think that that's extremely important that we kind of moving away from product marketing and and pushing, you know, the individual features and functionality and unique selling points in terms of the product and bringing the conversation around one of the pillars of sugar, which is lifelong commitment to customers. And, you know, word, words are cheap. It takes money to buy whiskey, as a, as a wise man said. And this is yeah. the time of time where you kind of have to put your money where your mouth is and, and, and live out the values that you've been espousing until now. So these are some so of the So you're buying whiskey yeah. for everyone, you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whiskey is on me. Okay. To know, good to know, and I'll keep you. I'll keep you uh, at that. So, I mean, I think it's a very good point that you know a lot of companies are now looking towards how they can kind of go through this and, and deal with this. Because I'm a very optimistic person. I think we will come through this, but maybe on a different, let's say, uh, uh, landscape on the other side. So, I think it's a very good thing to hear that Sugar has been reaching out to customers and saying that we will deal with this because. In the midst of this, you don't want to have your service shut down in that sense. But what are the kind of things you've learned from this crisis? Let's say based on communication and transparency, uh, networking, technology. What would you say are the three things that you've learned? Yeah, I, that's uh, that's a great question, Leif. I think I mean there are internal learnings that I've made just as a person living through a global pandemic and and working from home in confinement. And then there are some learnings that are maybe more related to to business. A personal learning from, from me is definitely that working from home is hard, but technology makes it better. Mm. Yeah. And in, in terms of, of, of the business side of things, uh, the couple of learnings that I've made, uh, obviously some really, really smart people have been asked this question lately. Uh, one of the things is uh, what you alluded to earlier. Uh, this is probably, the, this is not the first and this is not the last crisis of this kind. So in a way, this is almost, despite how, how serious it has been, it's almost like a dress rehearsal for something that could become way more disruptive. And it is in a way a, a, an opportunity for companies to kind of assess where they stand. Yeah. You know, how, how, how disruptive was this really then, where, when from one day to the next, the entire workforce was working from home? You know, whether you're sitting at home, or were they able to seamlessly continue working as if they were in the office? And that's where, you know, the type of technology that is in place becomes important, not only from the customer perspective. We talked already about how important it is to be able to connect to customers, segment, making sure that the right message is receiving them. You know, if, if I map that onto system landscape, there we are talking about marketing automation, uh, we're talking about campaigning capabilities. But what about equipping your own employees to work from home effectively? I mean, that's where the entire sort of CRM dimension comes into play to make sure that our employees, they are able to see what's going on in the business. Um, and, you know, because I work in sales, I'm used to walking into an office full of my peers that are all working on different things and we are sharing kind of experiences. And, it, it builds this, I'm sure you know about it and you can relate to it, it builds this energy, right? Yeah. You know, every, everyone is working on something exciting and, you know, deals are getting closed. So how do you, from one day to the next, replicate that type of environment into, into, into a system? Yeah. And, and that's where I think it's, it's very important to kind of assess how well 
your business was able to do that. And I know that at Sugar, because we, we are monitoring all of our business very closely, and we display that information in dashboards, that I had the sense oftentimes that I was in the office because I could kind of observe in real time how the deals of my colleagues were moving through the funnel, how the conversations were happening, and that kind of motivated me to, to stay focused even if I was staying at home. Um, so what type of tools uh, do you do your employees have and how robust are they to, to leaving the office? I think that's an important kind of a learning point. And I think there's a lot of gaps in this where people have assumed that, you know, if we have one component, we're safe, but then they found out that they didn't have other components. So it's like have a, having a fire alarm, but not a fire extinguisher in that sense. So I think you're right that a lot of these components that are missing in times like this are now exposed and we are able to deal with them. But then we have to take that lesson to heart and actually execute on it because yeah. there will be another crisis like this. There will be. So and that that brings me to kind of the, the last, last point, which is that, you know, I think the current crisis is accelerating some trends that were already happening. You know, the digital transformation. And and now you had, like, say that you're a university and you're giving 10% of your courses online and you're kind of moving towards doing more of that. From one day to the next, you had to completely transition that online. Uh, uh, so I, I think in a way, this is really accelerating trends towards digital transformation. We see that also for, for marketing, almost all of the marketing budgets naturally are going into digital marketing. And, and that's a great opportunity for, for companies to really modernize. And sometimes you need an event like this to really do the hard changes that have been pending for longer than they should. So th yeah. those, are, those are kind of my learnings. I know it's kind of difficult to distill into, into three things, but broadly speaking. But how about you, Leid? Because I think your perspective is very valuable as a, as a business owner. How, how has the current crisis impacted you? And how, how equipped did you feel to kind of do this transition and, and support your customers? Well, we, we kind of, uh, it's a good question because I didn't think anyone was prepared for this. I took the last flight out of New York the same day they got their first reported case. That was the 1st of March. And I think it, it hit Sweden the 8th of March quite heavily. And from there on, there was a lot of companies who were kind of taking a step back or saying, let's see how this develops. But at Sirocco, we were kind of taking the mentality of this will be bad. So let's kind of, the best defense is offense in that sense. So the first thing that we did was that uh, our CEO in the Middle East, myself, and also we spoke about what we can do to kind of reach out to customers, what we could do to be like on the start uh, line when it comes to the sales pipeline. So we went through our, our own CRM, believe it or not, we have one, uh, and started working on our prospects and our, our opportunities where are we in those? Uh, what can we do from a marketing automation perspective uh, in order to kind of be prepared and make sure that we are aligned? And then we also use a lot of the components within CRM. We try to be uh, kind of spearhead our own, uh, let's say, message uh, and start using other uh, factors of it in order to kind of get an overview of what customers are now being uh, uh, affected by this. So we can kind of identify those customers in an early stage, saying, for instance, that customers within hotels, within travel, within kind of maybe B2C uh, are going to be hit. Maybe we should highlight them and start maybe acting towards finding other projects in parallel so that if they should kind of 
click on the eject button on the stop button that we have other options and that turned to be quite successful we had projects starting up because we went through the let's say prospect list of who will benefit from this like as you heard everybody was buying pasta and toilet paper so of course those uh, opportunities were quite uh, interesting we were actually able to shift. So we were able to shift some of our workforce going from one industry to another industry without being impacted. I would say we were kind of all, all in all in this, let's say, lost quarter of Q2, because that's what I think it was, a lost quarter of Q2. Yeah. I think we had something about maybe only 10% of a drop at Sirocco, which is in a way a blessing in this, uh, let's say, compared to other companies, even within our industry. Of course, we can't compare a consultancy with a restaurant. We have other partners that have had much more severe, uh, let's say, impacts because we came prepared in the sense of, of a marketing automation tool. We had a good overview of our pipeline. We had a good segmentation so we can identify the risk groups that will be affected, but also the risk group that would benefit of this. So we can also increase our attention to those companies. And that gave us the ability to kind of shift from one leg to another in that sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a really, really valuable perspective. Um, and in terms of in terms of your customer base, uh, I mean, I know that it's a mi mixed bag of, of different customers across, across different industries. How how well would you say that these were these have been have been faring the the weather and and uh, have there been any did you see increased demand for for example your your marketing expertise and and technology expertise or were you being brought in as a as simply a, a consultant. What, what has been, let's say, the, the business opportunity, if we can talk in those terms, of the crisis with Iraqo? Well, one thing that was very apparent in this process is you saw what organizations were mature enough uh, in the CRM work to actually use it. Maybe there were companies that had a CRM platform, but they haven't done their homework in the segmentation. They haven't really gotten their hands into the actual solution and, and working on it on an operation level and we had a customers that were those customers were quite quick in shifting from let's say a sales cloud perspective to a marketing cloud perspective they were able to shift from a may, maybe a physical meet with the customer in a store uh, to a digital meet by increasing their marketing automation by pinpointing the segmentation groups they wanted to reach and also put more focus so they could buy more traffic out of AdWords and Google and things like that. So I was impressed that some of our customers that had a marketing automation tool, a Salesforce automation tool, they were able to shift those legs depending on, on what they could do because suddenly they kind of woke up to reality where stores were being shut down by law and they weren't able to get visitors, but they were able to increase their digital footprint. And I was impressed to see how quick they were able to do that. Uh, how, that gave them the benefit of not having a full stop in their business. Yeah. Uh, and I think that they also saw some cultural differences that maybe Southern Europe compared to Northern Europe has a bit more, let's say, experience and, and, and let's say uh, are more inclined to, to buy things online in that sense. So I think that is also a way of, of learning that you can adapt to this as long as you have the tools ready for each circumstance. Yeah. Uh, our part in this, in order to answer your question of a consultancy, was of course, can you help us? And those very exposed businesses, we were able to go in and, as you said, offer about costs. We said, don't worry about it, we will help each other out. Because at the end of the day, it's very easy to talk about being there for your customers. It's very easy to kind of 
promised those good words and, and high times where everything's working out. But it's these days that loyalty is really tried out in that sense. And we stand by our customers because we believe in the long term partnership of this, not just the short term sale of a license, but actually helping them execute on this. So yeah. we offered our services to some customers even for free to say, listen, myself personally, I'm there to help you out if there's anything you need to help with in order to kind of uh, get some some kind of a feedback of what we can do. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good perspective. And I think, you know, what's also becoming apparent is that how you design the the technology stack is quite important. And one of the things, just if I put on my sales set in this context about sugar in these type of, of situations is that we've always been leveraging open technologies. So we're very flexible and flexibility is a word that is thrown a, around a lot. But what flexibility actually means is that you can you can change your data structures, you can plug in new adjacent tools into your landscape without having to invest a lot in, in expensive customizations. And the only way to be able to do that if, is if you're leveraging open technologies and open standards. So I think our customers in a way were uniquely positioned to be reactive kind of on the go as, as the need was arising. And I think, you know, retailers are a great example of that manufacturers as well, uh, where from literally from, you know, today everything is going well, we have people in our stores, to the next day we are shutting down and we are a brick and mortar business. How are we going to be able to, to continue to sell into our customers? And that brings me back to this point of that I mentioned earlier of, of being able to connect to your customer. I mean, what does that mean for a B2B business? even for B2C business, when you connect to your customers, well, you have to know who they are. You have to have different channels that you can reach them at. You have to be able to gauge their sentiment, how well they are responding to your, your campaigns. And, uh, and this is also to your point about customer loyalty. Uh, to be able to offer customer loyalty, it kind of, it uh, to, towards like vendor loyalty towards the customer. It requires a certain type of credibility in that it's more than just the words. And, you know, it, it, there are so many aspects that this is touching upon. One, one is the, obviously the corporate social responsibility of companies. I mean, it's, it's interesting that right now some, some companies like ours, you know, we are a subscription business. We're extremely diversified in, in as far as the customers that we are serving. So some have definitely been very impacted by, by COVID. Others are very robust. So it's almost like we have a corporate social responsibility to work with our clients and make sure that they will survive. And, and this is, you know, maybe we set the, the title of this, of this talk a little bit tongue in cheek, CRM a survival strategy. And obviously talking about the survival strategy in the middle of a global pandemic, it's serious business. But at the end of the day, I mean, investing in, in tools that give full overview of your customers and allow you to segment and communicate to them in, in, in real time and knowing what's happening with, within your business, analyze the trends, etc. Uh, when things happen unexpectedly, it is a matter of, of survival to have invested in it. So I think it's definitely a reflection point and, and worth spending some time analyzing. Would you I agree. agree or am I too no, far? No, no, I would definitely agree. There's a lot of opportunists in this. Would they would say, you know, listen, 
uh, how could you prepare for COVID-19 or COVID-21 or buy our product or do our thing or we know the best. And there's a lot of lessons out there for everybody to share. But I think one thing is to start with, as you said, with sales, with, with an understanding of who your customers are, uh, with, a, with an understanding of that's where it starts. So in everything else, it's being looking towards yourself and saying, are we prepared? Is our organization prepared? Do they have the right tools and insights to what opportunities should they focus on during these times? How should they then adapt? I think one of the things that we've learned is that, for instance, working as this uh, in a digital format, it's nothing that's going to be unusual in the future. But would that replace working a meeting with a customer? Of course not, but it increases your need for transparency between your colleagues and, and, and information about the opportunity they're working on. Well, so CRM in the old days might have been considered a control system for salespeople. They just put their opportunities in, and so somebody in management can have nice dashboards. Today might be more of having yourself and understand because you're not sitting next to your colleagues and you want other people's input about what's happening towards our customer in that sense. Yeah. So in a way, it might sound like a cliche, but it is a survival because where would you otherwise start if not a consolidated uh, uh, view of the customer or of the prospect and understanding of where they are in this. Exactly. And, you know, I was talking about it earlier that I think that COVID will be accelerating trends that were already taking place. And one of the trends is definitely the move from on-premise software over to the cloud. Uh, do you see that also accelerating as a, as a result of, of the crisis that more companies will be kind of moving away from their on-premise technology stacks and, and going into the cloud? I'm just thinking that, you know, all of a sudden Zoom was in every living room and <laughs> uh, and cloud software was kind of what held, held teams together uh, across the globe. I mean, how do you agree with that? Uh, well, that, uh, I agree, but I, I agree, but I would have agreed before COVID-19 as Sirocco has always been kind of a cloud first company. Uh, I've always been amazed when I'm talking to other partners in the industry and they're kind of heavily promoting on-prem. Me and my team, uh, we've always had a cloud first of a strategy of many reasons, for many reasons, not only for COVID-19, but in order to maintain code discipline, in order to have a, an upgradable environment, security, if, if nothing less than that. Uh, scalability in that sense. So, uh, so there hasn't been that many cases for the past five years where we as Sirocco have seen a benefit to go on-prem in that sense. The mm. only thing that we've had is, a, let's call it of a hiccup, is these laws of Cloud Act coming from the US that would maybe jeopardize the, the security aspect of things. But I think like everything else, that pressure will also make the cloud services adapt accordingly in order to make sure to cover those privacy and security needs that those companies have. But that's also a very unique stack of companies that go to that level where they kind of have to take a consideration. But we have customers like that. But even then, they've always had the most, I mean, the most security aware companies have still had a cloud first perspective. So I don't see why we would have an on-prem discussion before COVID-19. And I think that discussion is quite dead uh, within COVID-19 because within that, you would need to have scalability. You would need to have that transparency. And if families, are, if they are kind of buying up soon in order to talk to each other, you can imagine then what companies need to do. Yeah, absolutely. No, I, I totally agree with that. And and of course, you know, there have been certain industries that have been, they've been really conservative with the technology. 
And I think they are also making learnings. I'm thinking about the public sector. I'm, I'm thinking about the insurance industry. I'm thinking about financial services. Some of the, by definition, more conservative businesses. I mean, they obviously had to had to stay afloat and and you know conduct business as usual. And uh, has been a lot of, of I'm I'm sure a lot of tough discussions happening there to allow for employees to access critical software, you know, from from their apartments through public Wi-Fi and etc. So I also think that there was a big push towards the cloud and it's going to continue. And at Zuka, we've kind of been right in the middle of that. As you know, we have always been very flexible in terms of the deployment models. We are going to continue to be flexible in the deployment models. But uh, we, we are making a, a big push towards the cloud via the partnership that we have with Amazon Web Services, because we think that the cloud is going to be playing such a critical role in, in maintaining scalability for companies, maintaining the required flexibility, uh, maintaining access, accessibility beyond what many private companies can do with their own, uh, you know, with their own landscape and with their own stack. Yeah. And Amazon is such a market leader with cloud technology that we are very comfortable to kind of be leading, leading our peer group in terms of our cloud strategy. So it was interesting to get your perspective on that. Thank, thank, thank you. Good. So what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, no, so I was thinking we've talked about uh, the impact that the business has had. Sorry, the the crisis has had on on our respective businesses. How how have you just been feeling lately through through this through this experience working from home? You I know that you also have a have a relatively large family, young kids. What? I think that's a, well, one thing that you've learned is that uh, well, I as soon as this kind of hit, I automatically thought of the financial crisis in two thousand eight. Uh, I started Stroke in 2006, uh, reshaped it one month. We kind of re, let's say, create a different legal status in 2008, one month after Lehman Brothers went bankrupt. And one thing I've learned is that there's always a, a tomorrow. There's always sun after the storm in that sense. Uh, and I have felt exactly the same kind of vibes when COVID-19 hit, just like the financial crisis. It was the message was more or less the end of the world. Everybody was kind of panicking and I was thinking, I think it's really important to keep a calm head. I think our employees need that calm leadership, but also that transparency. We increased our communication about how well we're doing, how would we go through this, how could we adapt accordingly, but also how, how stable we were as a partner. There are a lot of partners that might have been hit in this because they might have not been financially, let's say, yeah. uh, responsible and prepared for this. We have been because we've been a, a business partner, both of Sugar and of the CRM industry for the past almost 14 years now. So for us, we are a very stable partner in this. So when we hit with this, we were thinking this is just like the 2008 crisis, but less, but with a different twist. Mm. So we need to adapt. Back then, the banking industry was going uh, the wrong direction. These days, it was other uh, like hotel, tourism, restaurants, airlines. Mm. But there's always a silver lining. There's always a tomorrow. So we kind of uh, we, we've gone through this in a positive way. And I think our values at Sirocco are communication, responsibility and motivation. So it's still not the usual it's not synonymous for CRM in that sense, but it's it's our ways of looking at CRM for, for those values instead. And I think that was 
something that the employees felt was being tried and kind of executed in a, in a good way. We even have had now, as we're seeing COVID-19 being controlled, it's not over yet, but it's now in a controlled manner. We are now having discussion, a debrief one-to-one -one with all, all our employees. I'm having that personally, and everybody's feeling that it's good that the information has been that transparent. It's good that we were able to adapt and we're, it's good that we were able to help our customers because we're the ones staying. So we've actually attracted a lot of employees coming from our competitors in the mm. in these trying times, yeah. which is a good sign that we're doing something correct in that sense. It's so interesting that you're bringing up the, the 2008 crisis because um, McKinsey famously, they, they, they uh, published a report where they claimed uh, that and they've actually found out that the companies that had been invested investing in customer experience and were perceived to have good customer experience compared to the peers they they made three times the revenue compared to those companies if, uh, uh, because they had been investing in the customer experience so you know it sounds to me that you have been doing that from the very very beginning and this is why you were able to thrive after 2008 and you're also going to be able to thrive after after COVID. i have no doubt about that so yeah well you've seen a lot of partners come and go in these eight years you and i've been working together and i think sirocco is one of the few partners in the nordics with Insugar that has been the same company with the same ownership with the same structure ever since, whilst other companies have merged and been bought up and, and disappeared in that sense, we've always been true to believing that Sugar has a very important role to play in the Nordics. And we're looking forward as well towards ha having uh, Sugar now pushing uh, towards uh, an increased presence. I know that you and I have been talking about uh, more webinars, but even seminars uh, coming this fall. Uh, of course, COVID-19 safe uh, here at the office in our, in our Stockholm location. Uh, I know Nicholas, our CEO in the Middle East, is planning to do the same for the Middle East region because I think in some of the regions, sugar hasn't been that well known, and there's a possibility that it, it fills a gap where even the sugar customers have felt that we need more of, of the sugar presence. And now these days, I think you can talk about it, but you also have two very new products that are kind of bringing this in with sugar serve and sugar market, which kind of increases the the comparability towards other platforms. Absolutely, and I think I mean. It, you're right to point out that in terms of, of market visibility, our visibility is less than uh, some of our, our tier one competitors. But globally, Sugar CRM is one of the top three CRM vendors. And uh, we're working with extremely large customers like JP Morgan, IBM, and have been, have been working with some of the biggest brands out there that are focusing on custom, customer experience. And our play traditionally has was to focus on the CRM components and via acquisitions, we have been uh, branching out into marketing automation where we have a standalone solution uh, to BI as well, uh, and then to the service part and to make sure that we are an end-to-end -end customer experience platform that's providing features and functionality that uh, are modern and useful but that we're also maintaining our, our heritage of being an open platform. So companies can, can make sure that they are future proof when they're working with Sugar. And that in the times of crisis, we're a platform that can react to it and give the data that will actually uh, be at the base of the, of the survival strategy. And, and okay. also make sure that companies are thriving.
Let me let me challenge you then. Let, let me put uh, your money where your mouth is. And uh, one of the things that you and I have spoken about earlier is the possibility of Sugar and Sirocco offering our customers a free assessment uh where we can go in and also evaluate where they stand in their crm journey if they have a sugar platform today you will help them assess how easily it is for them to go on uh, cloud instead of staying on on-prem if they have that solution uh from our perspective at sirocco we can help them understand where they stand in the digitalization of the customer journey that was a very long sentence so we can help them understand that if you have salesforce automation today what could you do with sugar markets what could you do with sugar serve uh, how could those components tie into a better, uh, um, uh, let's say, an overall customer view and segmentation? So I would challenge you and also the audience that for anyone that's out there that's listening to this, there is a sugar customer or uh, thinking of becoming a sugar uh, customer, Shorter and I will, from a Sirocco and Sugar CRM perspective, offer a free assessment where we would go in and look at your current status of where you stand and offer you free advice of how we would be able to lift this towards a certain direction. So if you weren't prepared for COVID-19, at least it could be for COVID-21 in that sense. Uh, God forbid that that would ever happen again. But giving you the possibility of understanding, yes, we do, knew, do know that we need to do something on the CRM perspective, but where should we start? Is it going on uh, going cloud first from an on-prem? You might have a, an old 7.2 installation or God forbid even older. Uh, or you have uh, a thought of how could we leverage the new sugar portfolio then we would be here to help out. What would you say? Are you on? I mean. So for your uh, our customers, you're more than welcome to reach out to us. Uh, we will have a follow up series on this in, in fall. I think we will also break down this discussion towards the new sugar products that are coming out with sugar mark, sugar serve, but also sugar integrate. Uh, so there's a lot of products coming out and I, I love the new sugar. I've always kind of had a special soft spot uh, for sugar in that sense. Uh, there's a lot of good things about all our partners, but sugar has always been that, let's say, uh, the, the, the third option to the two major rivals where you could find something that you wouldn't in the other two. And I think it's, it fills a very important gap in the Nordics uh, where we haven't had that much diversity in the, sugar, in the CRM space. So I really welcome your kind of re-entry into sugar and also into the Nordic space. I hope you stay in the Nordic region for a long time now. Uh, and let's let's continue doing this during the fall where we have these series about what's happening at Sugar, uh, how will this affect current Sugar customers, but also potential Sugar customers that are thinking of, of having that as a platform, and we'll take it from there. Excellent. No, thanks a lot. I think it, it's a very exciting time to be at Sugar. It's an exciting time to be a Sugar customer, and thank you for your long-standing partnership, Leif. Thank you. Thank you for believing in us. And I thank my audience and our colleague in, in Dubai that's helping us out with the technology, showing that we can actually work on a global perspective and, and still be in the same digital room in that sense. And for you out there, I hope to um, have you on a future uh, uh, session. We will reach out to you after this meeting and see who's interested to kind of pick up on that free assessment. I thank you so much today and wish you all a good week.